That's why I don't get why this damn sport's so popular. I'm like, God, these guys are wimps. I can't even respect them. Like, I can't. I'll watch it. It's fine. But I'm like, that's why I don't get that excited about it. I'm like, ah, you guys are wusses. Get out of my way. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is Carlos Alcazar on the NBA. It is what it is. Toughen up, buttercups. Deal with it. I think they should turn off their damn TV, turn off the friggin' internet, and see what they do. Did you want to add anything more about the NBA thing? No, I think that's good. I think I, I, you know, I've pretty much added all I can to this week's podcast, I feel. We'll see. We'll see how much of that I have to cut out. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, Who am I kidding? I'm not cutting any of it out. You are listening to episode 59 of the Unnecessary Nonsense Podcast. The podcast and the only podcast that is qualified to speak on the quality of peers. There will be no peer of the year without our say-so. I'm Carlos Alcazar. With me as always is Dave Turnbull. I like how you make reference to the fact that I sent you a tweet by Piers Morgan about a peer in Britain being named best peer. No one can speak of best peer without consulting us, Dave. I was not consulted. Were you consulted? I was not consulted, no. Then it is not best peer. I don't care what they say. I feel that's fair. If anyone has listened to this, I feel we are becoming like a world authority on peers. And therefore, if you want and to, if you want to know about peers and sports-ish stuff, this is the place to come. Let's be fair, Dave. We're, we're angling, slowly angling this podcast in my vision dream. If one day we will like simply drop any pretenses and look, we'll talk about sports when we feel like it, when it, something amuses us. Otherwise, it's whatever shit we come up with. Peers, Fuji. Maybe it'll be a Fuji peer podcast. I can't promise anything. I don't know. Hey, that's the key. Fuji, if you're listening, you need a drawing with a peer in it. Peers don't have pieces, so com- it's right up your alley. That's what I think. You know, you're going to obviously Eight. put somebody nude on the pier. Probably let's put, I'm, I'm selling it to you Fuji now. Here's what it's going to look like. It's going to be somebody on a pier with no face, nude, fishing. Book it. So are we looking to, are we looking for a really high print run on this or really low print run on this? Because I feel that's niche Carlos? on niche. It is. It is. But I feel like it needs to happen. Fuji needs to, Fuji needs to do it. It just needs to happen. Interesting. Interesting. So we'll definitely have something related to Project 2020, as we as we often do. Now, this is actually our second crack at uh, episode number 59. I did actually edit the original episode 59, just so you're aware. I did it within a couple of days, and I was going to publish it, but it was one of those things where work actually got in the way, unfortunately. Boo. But by the time I did it, I was like, okay, you know what? Maybe I'll salvage a piece of this later. So I, I'll go back and look at the audio or listen to the audio, and maybe I can pull something like that on a future podcast so you may hear it again, nonetheless. But I thought, ah, okay, you know what? I'll just let it go. And then the week after that, I was uh, basically bogged down in trying not to die of stifling humidity. So uh, recording the podcast was not my first priority. Plus, I'm I'm apparently under construction signs or everywhere in my house right now as I'm trying to fix up the stuff around here. Yeah, fair. Yeah, but we will still have a couple of things we'll talk about. We'll definitely talk about the Project 2020 thing. We'll talk about a little bit of NBA drama as usual. Patrick Mahomes becomes rich, rich, rich. Not quite. Mike Trout rich. Because it is the NFL and guaranteed contracts, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But uh, there's a little bit of that. And I get to I get to educate Dave a little bit on the card market in addition to Project 2020 because there's some frightening revelations, Dave. Dave got a taste of this already earlier. There's some, there's some scary stuff happening out there, and uh, it's still worth talking about. Yes. Yes, indeed it is. And I'm prepared and ready to be sh- even more shocked as we continue, Carlos. Yes, indeed. Anyway, so let's just get started. I got my three-speed beer on tap here, Dave. What's been going on the last two weeks, let's say? All right, Carl. Well, so one week I was at the cottage. 
and that was quite nice. George's first time in the cottage, first time in the lake, and all that jazz. So that was a lot of fun. Okay, real quick thing. I, I don't. I'm not going to interrupt the rest of your story, but I do have a question. I've always found this interesting with people that are young parents, and they talk about you know the kids first this, the kids first that. You think the kid remembers any of this shit? Oh no, not at all. Like it's it's literally for you guys. Like it's 100 percent for you guys. I am like, fully aware of that. I, I'm not Dave. At this stage of my life, I, I'll take it a step further. At this stage of my life, I'm not completely convinced that I accurately remember anything before the age of 21. For, forget about the first couple of years of life. I'm not completely convinced that I accurately remember anything before the age of 21. That's, that's yeah. I agree with you 100, percent Carlos. You're not going to hear yeah, everything else is just everything is just a legend. But when it comes to like really small children, it's like please, they don't remember that shit. Maybe it's like. It's mostly for your memories. Maybe you take some pictures with your camera, you know, with your phone or whatever. That's all good. But you can show up there and say, see, here, here's the cottage. What cottage? It burned down three years after, but this was you at the cottage. Exactly. Exactly. It, it'll be a story for later. But anyway, please continue. All right. So that was good. But I have something for you, Carl. So here's a story that I thought you would appreciate. I have a second story too, but this is, is the best one. So I alluded to or talked about last time we talked on air about that I've been watching some obviously old games and classic games and whatnot. And one of the things that I've been doing is watching the Montreal Canadiens. It's called the Memorable Games in Canadian's History. There's 10 games. And as of tonight, I will have watched all 10 of them. Probably the best game would be the the 84 game against the Nordiques in the Adams Division Final. So if people want to look that up, go ahead. But the thing is this, Carl. So 84 game against the Nordiques specifically? Yes. Interesting, random. Uh, okay, game sure. six. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's, there's some bench clearing brawls. It's good times. Back okay. when you could, sure. you know, clear the bench in the NHL. Now, but here's the thing, Carl, and, and here's the thing for you. So two point on a, on a, on a one part, part two. So here you go. First part. One of the games in it was uh, fairly obviously the last game at the Montreal Forum in 1996. Do you know who Montreal played at the last game of the Forum? Uh, Maple Leafs? The Dallas Stars. Oh, in 96? Really? Yeah. Oh, and okay. uh, Montreal won. They won 4-1. to one. But Mike Medano got an assist on the only goal that the Stars scored. Well, those days, Medano got either the assist or the goal on a lot of the offense. There wasn't a lot of offense to go around. Yeah, but I thought I'd put that out there. But the more important thing is, Carlos, having watched these 10 games, mm-hmm. two things yep. have now happened. One, of all the thing- sports that are coming back, I'm now, for some reason, looking forward to hockey more than any of the other ones. And two, I am fully back in the Canadians' camp, Carlos. No more following P.K. Subban where he goes or Hamanahan. I'm 100%. First part... First step, having poutine. Second step, watching these games, and I am back. I am a Canadiens fan again, 100%, Carlos. Okay, hold on. Real, really quickly. Uh, I'm just going to – I'm just jotting something down. Just just bear with me here. Uh, July 11th, 2020, schizophrenic Dave jumps back on bandwagon. Note to self, mock later when he betrays team again. Okay, just making a note for myself. Right, you know, I gotta give, put it on the counter. Yeah, yeah. So, so basically, watching old games that you've probably had on DVD for the longest time, and poutine is basically all it took to bring you back. Correct. Well, and PK to to go to a team which I literally give zero shits about and somewhat dislike. Interesting. 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 All right. So, this means that you're actually going to be paying attention to what the Montreal Canadiens do. I am. Okay. We'll uh, we, we'll we'll test this. We'll test this going forward. I I. I I look forward to uh, to being potentially entertained down the road. So, okay. All right. Fair enough. Great. 
And the second thing on a, I guess a sadder note, if you will, um, I tried to get my DVD burner working again and it's not working. And we think the issue is the component cable. Uh, so I have to get a new cable to try that and see if that works. Cause it did work before with the component input on the TV. So we'll see what happens there. And my place- point of order, who point of order, who set that up for you? Uh, the first time it was you. Yes. Yes. And the second thing is my PS4 no longer works. Well, it does work. I mean, you can go on Netflix, you can go on the zone, all that kind of jazz, but you okay. can't play video games on it because the disc reader is busted how i don't know so my brother was taking care of the cat while we were at the cottage so he came over and he's like hey do you mind if i play fifa i work with your team you know your ultimate team and whatever i was like yeah sure and he's like well where's the disc and i was like well it's either this place or this place anyway and he's like is there a disc already in there and i'm thinking to myself uh yeah i think the nba 2k19 is in there because that was the last thing i played Mm -hmm. anyway it wouldn't eject so you eventually got it out through the magic of YouTube, but now any disc you try to put in, it won't take it. Okay. So I'm not going to troubleshoot this right now, but I do have a very simple question. Through the magic of YouTube, what exactly did you guys do to remove the disc? I don't know because he did it. <laughs> I wasn't here. Okay. I, I, I see. I see. Uh, so now so now it doesn't, it doesn't read any discs. No. Does it do anything or does it just not... Or does it even take the disc in? No, like you could you could push it all the way in, but it won't uh, ever catch. I see. I have a few I have a few thoughts and uh, oh, young Benjamin, um, I I can imagine uh, I'm reminded of of many uh, electronics related stories related to Carlos Senior, where he insists that he did nothing wrong, and then I look at it and go, what pot demonic possession? How did you manage all this nonsense? Yeah. I don't know, but that's that's where we're at for right now. So I just want to put that out there. Well, the good news is the PS5 is not that far away from coming out. Yeah, but I want to play the games that I have. I don't know what to tell you, man. So I'm a little annoyed at that. So I'm debating about, well, first I'll I'll spend a little bit more time trying to see if I can fix it. But I am debating about actually sending it in for a repair, which goes against well, everything I believe in, but... Yeah, pretty much. Um, I will say, though, uh, PS4 has been around long enough. You can probably get a used one pretty cheap. So we'll see. I will look into that but, as we continue yeah, the like, podcast. It, it might be cheaper than the repair is all I'm saying. That's all like, true. Depending on – yeah, like it, I guess it depends on what needs to be repaired. But it's like sometimes the parts are more expensive than it's like, yeah, just buy a used one. Yeah, no, you're looking at at least probably 300 and some odd dollars. Not that much less than what it actually cost. Interesting. Where did you look? eBay. Well, eBay, it's a different thing. I know. We'll, we'll talk offline. We'll talk offline. We'll talk offline. Fair enough. Because I know, and because I know, there's a lot of different things that have, and sometimes it's possible. Like sometimes you got to know a guy. But we'll, we'll talk. We'll talk. Anyway, is, so yeah, so, your, so you broke, I'm selling mine. Therefore, no. But anyway, but yeah. Well, uh, actually, I might. Actually, you know what? I, I I might sell. I might sell it if that's the going rate. I actually literally do not use the PS4, and I know mine works. So so maybe we can't talk offline. We'll see. So anyway, but uh, yeah, that's where we're at. So that yeah. sucks. And hey, so far, so far this podcast might be profitable for me. I might have sold a PS4. We'll see. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, that's where I'm at. All right, sounds good. So I've got a couple of things here. Uh, part and parcel of what I've been up to is uh, doing like kind of renovations. So the whole under construction reference I made is that I'm trying to fix it up. The way the way my condo is set up is that I really don't have central air. So humidity is a problem in southern Ontario in the summer. 
but I try to get around with, you know, I got fans and stuff and try to keep, try to keep comfortable, try to keep cool and calm. But at the same time, it's like, no, the air just gets super hot and it gets tricky. I try to use the, uh, the master bedroom. My master bedroom is actually fairly large and I've got enough room for an extra desk in there and everything. So it can basically serve as a second office. It's also got an air conditioner in there. So it makes it more comfortable. Well, over the course of this week, the air conditioner broke temporarily. We had to fix it. Fortunately, it was a very small, minor problem, and we once we got it kind of resolved, it was good to go. But I spent uh, the better part of a day and an evening trying to basically sleep in a sauna, which was not great. Um, and also, basically, anything involving moving stuff around, which is what I was doing most of the day up and down in the in the house itself, was like, if you ever try to work out inside of a sauna, that's basically what it feels like. So, not the most pleasant. I wouldn't recommend it. Uh, you're going to need a lot of hydration, or you will pass out and die. So, that's a thing you might want to bear in mind. A lot of the rest of it just came down to trying to get myself into a good situation. And then work-wise, everything was pretty straightforward. But I also got a lot of shit that's coming in that I'm trying to keep track of because everybody is um, everybody's a little disorganized, let's just say. You know, uh, coronavirus and COVID-19 has made everyone a little bit off. So I've got a package coming in from Walmart. I've got a package coming in thing. Uh, uh, you know, a Father's Day slash birthday present for my dad is coming in. So I've got a notification. So I'm checking one tracker. I'm checking another tracker. I'm checking a third tracker. And everybody's on different timelines. And I have no idea when anything is going to come in. And if anything is coming through Quebec, all bets are off. This is fair. Yeah, that's basically where we're at. It's like if anything comes through Quebec, it's like, oh, we dropped it off in Montreal. Oh, crap. It's going to be like three months. Great. Super. So there you go. So there's been a lot of that. And then uh, let me give you a quick other story, though. Kind of semi-related to it, but it's been kind of a fun, ongoing little thing that I've had going on. So our good friends at Foot Locker were nice enough to send me an email. This week is actually my birthday. So we're recording on a Saturday. Sunday is my birthday. So, of course, being my birthday month, everybody and their brother that I'm signed up to says, oh, hey, here, have a coupon code for whatever, blah, blah, blah. Let me have a little discussion here. Uh, I'm going to take the floor uh, here, and I'm going to talk about our friends at Foot Locker in Canada, Dave. Would you like to know about our friends at Foot Locker in Canada, Dave? Yes, I would. They send me the email basically saying, hey, we got two coupon codes for you. If you spend $50 or more, you get $10 off. If you spend $100 or more, you get $25 off. Okay, cool, fine, great. I don't really need a pair of shoes, but if there's something decent for a decent price, why not? I'll treat myself. So I go looking and I see that they've got a they've got a pair of like Reebok like workout shoes or whatever. And I'm like I could use another pair of workout shoes. Why not? And it was on sale, so I was like, okay, cool. So I try to punch it in. Code doesn't work. But then I come back to it a little later and they say, oh, this is on sale now. So the normal price of the shoe is $120 and it's on sale for $60. And I'm like, okay, sounds good. So I go online. I'm like, all right, even if the code doesn't work, I'm getting it for half price. Fine, good enough. So I get on. The Foot Locker website is the most janky thing in the entire world. Half the time, you don't know if it's working properly. Half the time, it glitches out. And half the time, it thinks I'm a bot and I have to use the CAPTCHA. That's brutal. Yeah, like say, oh, your behavior is like that of a bot. You mean clicking the button to open my account? That's what a bot would do? Clicking one thing at a time? So I get in and I place the order for the shoe, okay? All right. So I do it and it does a little spin thing and it looks like it processed it. Fine, great. I go, I go to bed because basically I'm doing this in the evening what late at night. And I'm like, all right, now I'm done with this. I'm closing off the laptop. I'm going to bed. I get up in the morning. I get an email saying, oh, your item is out of stock. So we're, we're not putting the charge through. Okay, fine. Next day, I get an email saying, hey, guess what's back in stock? Okay. Because the key was they didn't have my size, apparently, even though the website said they had my size. So I said, okay, fine. So I go back in. This is the second time. I go in, still janky website, still messed up. I go in and I place you. I buy the shoe again. 
This time it takes two days and they send me an email saying, oh, we can't fulfill this because we don't have your size. And I'm like, so then why'd you send me a fucking email telling me you had my size? An email explicitly saying that you have my size. Hey, what's back in stock? Oh, dum-dums. So we've done this twice. Yesterday, I get an email. And by the way, it took them like two days for them to actually process that they canceled it. But in the end, I didn't get charged. So fine, whatever. And I wanted it because it was half price. Otherwise, I'm not interested. If it's full price, well, screw that. I'm not paying full price. So I get an email yesterday, and it says, guess what's back in stock? And I'm like, okay. Because it's still half price, I'm going to try this one more time. Third time's the charm. Let's see what happens. So, so far, Dave, we're 24 hours past. Order hasn't been canceled yet. We'll see if a pair of shoes ever arrives to my home. We shall see. But, like, that's Foot Locker. And the thing that made me laugh about it, the, like, I'm annoyed by it to a certain degree, but I'm also kind of laughing about it because I'm like, in the middle of all of this, the company that I work for that is a retailer balked up their website. They realized their website was inadequate to handle the, the load. So they upgraded it. They hired more staff to run the website. They hired more staff to fulfill. They did everything in their power to quickly get up to speed. Foot Locker right now only runs through the website. How could your website be so garbage and your fulfillment be so bad that you can't keep count? That's brutal. And you know the old uh, saying about a thousand monkeys and a thousand typewriters writing, you know, Shakespeare's plays? That's something, like, something to that effect. You familiar with that one? Sorry, no. That's like an old saying, like a, a thousand or a million. I forget if it's a million monkeys or whatever. It's basically a bunch of monkeys and a bunch of typewriters would eventually write Shakespeare's plays. Yeah, okay, yeah. It's a statistical thing. But uh, you know what I need? I need about 10 of those monkeys who can count. I just need them to have one fucking pair of my shoes in my size. And then if it's there, send it to me. If it's not there, don't make it available for purchase. Yeah, exactly. Because other sizes were sold out. Brutal. So somebody can count. So that's my adventure with Foot Locker this week, Dave. Wonderful. But also not wonderful. Indeed. Indeed. I just thought I would share that because it's been, uh, it's been a fun little little run with our friends at Foot Locker. It's something so simple. And this would be the advice I'd get to anybody. If you run a business right now, your website needs to be on point. You need to be able to do your inventory and make sure you can send shit to people. Because if you can't do that, then what good are you? You do. You deserve to go out of business is what you do. Yeah, absolutely. If you're going to yep. pull that kind of crap. So, so don't be like Foot Locker, people. Get yourself some websites that can actually do some damn work. If we had a sponsor, I'd tell you what website to go to, but we don't got any. So let's move on. Let's talk a little Project 2020, Dave. Let's do it. What do you have to tell me? Project 2020 has been its usual roller coaster, but there has been a couple of interesting things. There's a lot of different... Uh, right now, everything came down to what I spoke about weeks and weeks and weeks ago. I knew that the shore Griffey was going to be the tipping point. It was going to tell us where we were going. Because with almost 99,000 copies, it was going to change everything. It was either, you know, print runs were going to continue going forward to the moon, or there was going to be a strong pullback. And since then, you know, people have been returning eBay lots, you know, the prices have dropped, they stabilized, they've gone back up, the print runs have been going down. And it's been this whole roller coaster. And the last week or so, there's been a continuation of that with some a little bit higher, some a little bit lower, but these print runs have been steadily dropping, dropping, dropping to the point that uh, the most recent Ermsey was under 6,400. Um, Don C was under 4,700 cards. And then a Jacob Rochester Nolan Ryan card was under 3,800. So this is the first time in a long time they've cracked under 4,000 for a single issue. And this is a recent one. Yeah. Which is kind of a big deal because now it's like, okay. 
So now we're starting to settle into new numbers that are a little bit less crazy. Now, obviously, there's still an issue, though, because there's been, if you remember, I initially ordered a couple of cards back in the in the 80s, and we're up to card 150 now. Okay. okay. Yep. All right. So I got an email today from our good friends at Tops, and uh, let me read you what said email says. <clears throat> I got it just past midnight uh, this morning. So dear Project 2020 customer, that's me, we are writing to notify you about a delay with your Project 2020 order. Well, actually, there's several orders, Tops, but anyway. Due to the high purchase volume and the challenges caused by COVID-19 to our supply chain, we are experiencing longer than anticipated shipping times. No fucking kidding. In the next four to six weeks, we expect that we'll have all the open orders shipped and be in a good position to ship out orders in the original three to five business day window moving forward. Each Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern time, we will provide an update on which cards have been shipped for the week on our Tops Twitter and Facebook handles. We apologize for any inconvenience and delay this may, delay may have caused. And thank you for your continued support of Project 2020. Best regards, Tops. Blah, 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 blah. Correct. So the thing is, I'm not surprised because uh, they were so far backlogged. The, the Shore Griffey basically killed it. 99,000 they had to send out there. I already told you about the issues with getting the holders. So you can imagine the printing has been an issue. Oh, yeah. Shipping it out has been an issue. Like you, it, it's it's off the chart. Now the thing is, the print runs have started to come down, which means they're probably in a better position to start catching up. But at the same time, it's um, it's interesting because now they're basically promising that after the next month and a half, they're going to be able to get back to a three to five business day window. So that's real ambitious, especially considering it's going to be months. So what's going to be interesting is I have about, I did a quick count uh, yesterday. I believe I have about five or six different orders with Tops for Project 2020 outstanding. And we're in Canada, so our shipping is going to be even slower than those stateside. Now, the thing is, I can't complain about the sh delayed shipping right now because the folks at stateside haven't started receiving the ones that... Um, that were the first ones that I ordered, the first numbers. Right. They haven't started going out to the U.S., so it's not like they've been getting them and we haven't. Nobody's been getting them. I think they're still in like the 80s as far as getting caught up, and they're at 150. Yikes. Yeah, so we're going to see, because th the thing is, they're getting closer. It's like, um, not, not anymore, but have you ever been like at a supermarket or wherever where they like, uh, you do the take the number thing? Yeah, oh yeah. You know, now serving customer yeah, 47 or whatever? Usually they run into that. Exactly. The deli is a perfect example. So right now, to put it into perspective right now, I would say that uh, I'm holding like number 85 and 86 and we're on like 82. So we're getting pretty close. Like the first one of my orders should start shipping soon. But I've got a couple in the 90s and a couple in the low hundreds. And then we've got the uh, the two that we are mutually picking up. And when it comes here, we'll know. And then in the meantime, but I do appreciate the tops has had my by that point, my tops will have had my money for months. Yeah. So that's always nice. Now, I can only imagine for the resellers, by the way, uh, who have extended return windows where their customers can be like, yeah, the prices are dropping like a stone, so I'm going to ask for a refund. They're good. There are some people that are going to get screwed, that are going to be stuck when the stuff eventually does ship. They're going to be stuck with Mondo inventory, man. Yes, they are. So those prices are going to be fascinating. No, seriously fascinating. Like I'm genuinely, I'm like sitting here where like, I'm waiting for my moment. I am going to be so amused, so entertained. Dave, you know my love of schadenfreude. I do. I do. I have a passion for schadenfreude that almost gets to the level of my passion for peers. Well, hey, Carl, so let's not get crazy there. I said almost. I was clear. I said almost. Nothing surpasses my passion for peers or Fuji or my hatred of liquor markup tax. 
well, I feel like the hatred of liquor markup tax has got to be at the top. Oh, it's it's top daily day, top daily, always and forever. But anyway, so that'll be very interesting because uh, obviously this is going to have a major impact because if people know that because people who have been ordering up until this point would have gotten this email, so they got to know that like, hey, if you're ordering the current ones, you're looking at a while because they're saying the next four to six weeks we expect that we'll have open orders shipped. Well, what about the ones that aren't open yet? Do they also get four to six weeks or whatever it's going to be? Like, hmm, interesting. Yeah, who knows? That could very much discourage and bring the print runs down even lower, which is fine from from my perspective. Whatever the lower print runs, but I think a lot of the steam, a lot of the air is going out of the sales project twenty twenty because of the because of the delays and the structural issues that Tops has encountered. Yeah, exactly. So it's going to be interesting. I think I'm looking forward to it because I do want to get the cards in hand, and so we can actually talk about them intelligently and actually be able to tell you a little bit about our experience with them. So I'm hoping to get them in hand eventually. And when ours come in, I'll let you know because I want to get them over to you so you can look at them for yourself and kind of get your own assessment of them. But, so I'm looking forward to that. I'm hoping to eventually get it in hand and talk about it a little bit more. Uh, now, here's the thing. I don't know. I, I doubt you've had a chance to take a look at any of them. Did you want to look at the Tops archive there and check out any of the recent issues and see if any of them stick out for you? Sure, we can do that if you want. Yeah, let's take a look for a second. Why don't you pop it all open, check out the archive and... Like I said, from a print run perspective, I've already kind of alluded to it with everybody, but see if anything sticks out and catches your eye. The one I think it kind of missed out on was number uh, 140 because it was a Tyson Beck Jackie Robinson. And I thought about buying it actually myself. I'll be honest, I, because I've been liking the Tyson Beck stuff. And this, the Jackie Robinson looks pretty good. It's one, it's 140, just so you know. I like it, but it was one of those things like, I feel like I've given Tops enough of my money where I'm still waiting. <laughs> I'm going to be waiting months to actually get up some product. I'm like, ah, I'd rather not spend more money on it right now. Until yeah, they actually start shipping. You don't shipping want them. everything to, to be there. Sorry, what number did you say it was? 140. That's the 52 Jackie Robinson by Tyson Beck. Okay, I don't mind the 149 Ichiro. Yeah, I think it's uh, that's by uh, Grosek or uh, yeah, what's his name? Grotesque. Gro- uh, yeah, Gro- Grotesque. grotesque. It's grotesque. grotesque. That's yeah. it's called grotesque. Yeah, it's very cool. That's kind of his style, putting like a, a fancy border around it. But it's very appropriate for Ichiro, I would say. I am officially not a fan of Ermzy. Can we just put that out there too? And here's the thing: I like the Kofaxes, but yeah, Ermzy is a, is a bridge too far for me. It just is. I can't do it. Not not a fan there. Uh yeah, it's okay. I'm I'm not the Jackie Robinson one. I don't I don't love it. I don't hate it. You know? Is like the animal print not working for you? It's it's yeah. It's kind of. Maybe not a little, probably not. I like the one we got a lot better, obviously. Yeah. I do think the last couple of Tyson Becks have been really good. Like, I don't think this one quite hit on the same note for me, but I did like the recent ones uh, where they did the, uh, what's it called? Um, I'm just scrolling through it myself. Just I don't mind the, 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 the key shore Frank Thomas one is kind of, yeah, you know, kind of, cool. and he did the no name on front, by the way. Are you familiar with the no name on front? Do you know what the reference is? No, I don't. Okay, so I'll explain it to you in a second. So the Ted Williams was the one by Tyson Beck that I liked. That one I did order, and I thought it was awesome. And uh, that was a really good what one. Number That's that? uh, number 122. 122. That was the Tyson Beck for Ted Williams. I think we looked at it back then, and I liked that one. I thought that was really good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was the one that came with the Cyclops Mike Trout. That was a, I think that's the only Mike Trout I'm going to end up having. So... Although the Psych Up Mike Trout is actually pretty cool. Yeah, I like no. it. So the no-name on front. So basically, 1990 Tops was the Frank Thomas rookie. And what happened is, for whatever reason, I guess Tops made a mistake of some kind. And there were some, a handful that it got out. I wouldn't say a handful, but very small number that got out where they didn't do the last printing process. And the black didn't get printed on the card. So the Frank Thomas name ended up blank, like in that example that the Keith Shore has. Hmm. 
Interesting. So it's actually it's actually a callback to one of the most famous errors in 1990 tops because the Frank Thomas rookie you could probably get for like five bucks. If I got you a Frank Thomas rookie, it'd be like five bucks for the real deal. Okay. If I get you a graded one, it'd be a little more expensive, but not like super crazy. But if you get the no name on front, at one point that was what it was called the no name on front error. Uh, at one point, it was like fifteen hundred bucks, and this was back in the nineties. Oh wow! So it was like it was like a serious because there weren't a lot of them. It was actually a really tough card to find, and it was hugely sought after. A lot of kids would like open the packs of nineteen ninety tops in the one in a billion chance that they would pull the no name on front Frank Thomas. That's pretty cool. Yeah, so it was a major chase card back in the day. Hmm. So that is your uh, sports card education minutes for the day. There we go. But yeah, I think that, I mean, there's some other ones that are okay, but nothing really. I do like, I'll give you the other one, the 146, Ted Williams. I do like that card. Now, here's the thing. Let me ask you a question. So when you look at that, that's by Don C. So 146, Ted Williams by Don C. What does it make you think of? What does it remind you of? Um, I don't know. I, I you're, When you say what it should remind me of, it's going to come to me, but nothing is coming to my so when you look at it, does anything? Well, I'm just asking you. Looking at it visually, well, what what does it make you think about? The cloud, the sky. Sure. Now here's the thing. I don't know what the actual meaning is, but I'll tell you one interpretation that some people saw in it almost immediately. Um, the, the cards like hot boxed. No, it looks like Ted Williams is frozen. Oh yes, I see that. Now that I, now that I say that to you, does it take on a different connotation? Yeah, I no longer like it. As soon as you said, now that you said that, I was like, <laughs> I'm glad I didn't buy this because I don't want it. <laughs> I, the thing is, I don't know if that's what the intention was, but I'm saying some people caught that. So just so everybody understands, the reason I like Project 2020, I was a little iffy on it at first, but I do like the fact that different cards lead to people interpreting them differently. Like you can look at it and Dave, until I said it, Dave didn't see it. And that's okay. That's fine. But now that I've said it, now you cannot unsee it. No, absolutely not. And it takes on a completely different, like more sinister connotation. I don't know if that's what Dante was going for, but definitely some people picked up on that. Yeah, no. So that made it kind of interesting. So it's like, uh, but at the same time, it's like, I don't know if that's appealing. <laughs> I would I would say that would, t- that would take away the appeal because I like some of the Ted Williams cards and I've got a couple of those. And I, and I like some of the, um, and I've enjoyed some of the work by a couple of the artists and I've picked up a couple of those. But it's been hit and miss with some of them. And it's one of those things where, like, the, the last Tyson Beck, I thought it was okay, but I wasn't going to extend myself and buy it. It's not because there's other things that are interest me a little more. And it's one of those things, if I see it and I like it and I think it's cool, then I'd still consider buying it. But there are some that, like, are just kind of like, eh, it's okay. But if, if that's my feeling, then my gut is to say, nope, uh, I'll wait until the next one. Or maybe I won't buy anymore. It depends on what they come out with. Yeah. But, yeah, I think we'll leave it at there for 2020. Or Project 2020 this time. But yep. do you want to go into your other card? Oh, yes, Dave. I think stuff? it's time for us to have a real discussion about the sports card market. All right. Okay, Project 2020, I've alluded to it a fair bit. And right now has been a crazy time for a multitude of reasons. One of the areas that have reacted to it in a very strange manner has been the sports card market. Now, I'm very much an aficionado. Uh, just to give my, my particulars, I have been collecting nonstop because some people take breaks and stuff. Even during university, I would be, I would troll eBay on my own time and like pick up a card here or there. I didn't have a lot of money because you know, beer, but um, I'd pick up a, car, a card or two here and there. And I'd still go to a card show a couple of times a year and stuff like that. So even during those years, I was still making it out to participate in the hobby, but I have effectively been collecting nonstop since 1990. So I can say definitively and accurately, I've been collecting for 30 freaking years, Dave. 
It's a long time. It is a long time. But it means I've seen a lot of things. I've seen stuff come. I've seen stuff go. And I have a, I have a reasonable background, I would say. So I'm comfortable in telling you, Dave, this is an unprecedented time in this market. There's just some crazy shit going on. And some of it I think I can explain. And some of it I really can't. Yeah. Like that's pretty intense. Some of what's yeah, been going so, on. So let me give you a little background just to understand. So basically, and this is the theory. The, the, and there's a lot of theories, but some people are like, oh, the hobby's just going by leaps and bounds. Settle down there. So the hobby has been on a bit of an upswing for a while. So it's not like it just started yesterday or it started when you know COVID-19 happened. It's been going on an upswing, but it's been going on like a methodical upswing. But since we've all kind of been on lockdown, it feels like it's been going up parabolically, like really intense jumps. And I've been seeing a lot of it. And it's one of those things I was talking to Dave prior to us starting to record that I feel bad that I totally dropped the ball. Being somebody that has really been paying attention to this, like, for God's sake, I could be recording for you from my palatial estate by now. And I really screwed up there. You did. I think you did. Yeah. It's one of those things. It's like, Psh, you bought a new house, Dave. Psh, you could have had a castle. Could have had a couple of castles at the rate these cards are going. Absolutely. And I'll give you guys a couple of examples just so you can understand. And we'll use a couple of like good name examples just so it's easy to understand. One of my favorites that I showed Dave uh, when I was talking about it a little earlier is our good friend LeBron. Our good friend LeBron James. Now, the thing is, the reason why this is significant is not just because, oh, yeah, it's LeBron James. Yes. But the reason it's significant is because technically nothing has happened. In the last couple of months, LeBron James hasn't played a single game. He hasn't scored a single point. Nothing has occurred. The potential for them having a restart has been there the whole time. The potential for the Lakers winning a championship with LeBron James has been a possibility, but nothing has really changed. Is that fair? That is very fair. So literally, there is no reason for there to have been any kind of a major shift. Well, I'm going to use an example. And if you want to look any of this stuff up, you're more than welcome to. I'll give you a couple of particulars and you can Google it. So Google it yourselves. I'm going to talk about the 2003 Upper Deck LeBron James Rookie Card. And I'm going to talk about it in a graded condition. If you don't know what graded is, again, just Google Google PSA and Google grading. You'll figure it out. But this is a PSA 10, which is their top grading on their scale. And it is a LeBron James star rookie. And the thing is, that card has been out since 2003. It's a 17-year-old card. It isn't new. Now, if I go back before the end of the year, last year, and I go to November... November 2019, you could have purchased this card on eBay or a variety of other places. You could have purchased it for about $230, $240, let's say $250 to be on the high side. All right. Well, LeBron James is a future Hall of Famer. He's, you know, a pretty good player from a quote-unquote investment standpoint. I don't believe in sports cards as investments, just to be clear. I'm not a big fan of that. That's a longer discussion that I don't want to have today. But do I think it had room for growth? Yes. I'm not a basketball guy. But even as the non-basketball guy, if you present that to me and I, and I give it some thought, I would be like, maybe I should have one in my holdings because it would make sense to me that it would appreciate over time, especially as he finishes his career, maybe becomes the all-time scoring leader. Like there's, there's room for growth here, lots of potential room, even if he doesn't win another championship. But if he does with a third different franchise, well, then his fandom in L.A. would grow. And like I can give you a lot of factors that would suggest there's room for growth here. Is that fair? Yes, absolutely. Now. November 2019, you could have bought this for less than $250. Today, this item, less than eight months later, would cost you $3,200. It's mind-boggling. That is more than a 10x increase in less than one calendar year. That's nuts. It is insanity. 
It is unjustifiable. And yet, here we are. I'll give you another one. Again, we'll use LeBron James again. I'm going to have some fun with this. Since we're, since we're talking about LeBron James. I can't do it properly, so I tried. Hey, it's okay. <sighs> it's all good. The point, the point we got across, how much it is ridiculousness. Now, let's do one more piece of ridiculousness, Dave. Are you ready? This one I didn't give you previously. Right. But are you going to brace yourself? I, you well, I am because I'm happy to hear something I haven't heard yet. Okay. 2003, Topps Chrome. LeBron James, PSA 10. Okay. Let's use the same time frame. Let's use November of 2019. Okay? All right. This was one of his more premier, like, non-autograph, non-whatever, rookie card. Still a very good card. An excellent potential investment, quote-unquote. Again, I don't believe it is an investment, blah, blah, blah. Okay. You could have had it for $1,925. No, not, a, not a very low sum. Like, it's, it's still a pretty, you know, a pretty hefty chunk of change. Yeah, absolutely. So this card is definitely not for the faint of heart. It's not a cheap card. I wanted to use a quote-unquote cheap card first just to give, a, give us contrast. But now we're talking about one of his more premier rookie cards, one of his more popular rookie cards. Okay? All right. Today, this would run you just shy of $12,000. <sighs> My goodness. Now, just imagine if you were sitting on a small stack of them back in November time frame. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I said, Dave, palatial estate, Turnbull, palatial freaking estate. Absolutely. And that's why I say, like, we dropped the ball. And by that, I hold myself equally responsible. I dropped the ball. You dropped the ball. All of you are out of order. That's fair. That's fair. That's all I'm saying to you. That's all I'm saying to you all. It's just, it's been absolutely ridiculousness. It's been one of those things where it's like, I don't even know what to tell you. I just genuinely do not know what to say. I don't know what to do. I am confused. I am befuddled. It's just, uh, it's a thing. It's a thing that's happened. Yeah. But now I give you the final piece that is a stance, and I did give this one to Dave, and when I gave it to him, his head almost exploded. It was wonderful. All right. Just let's talk about our friend. Tell the people, Carlos. Let's talk about your friend and mine. He of the big baller brand. Lonzo Ball. 2017. Prism. Lonzo Ball. Silver. PSA 10. You could have invested, quote unquote, into the child of the big baller brand. Back in the end of, well, actually, I'll do you one better. Not even the end of. How about February, late February, almost March 2019, okay? So this is really not that long ago. You could have indulged in this card in the PSA 10 condition for a grand princely sum of $51. Today, Dave Turnbull, you could have built your palatial estate on a stack of Alonzo Ball rookie cards because today you could sell them for $600 a piece. Also still crazy. I, I would say this is more unjustifiable. LeBron James is actually good at basketball. <laughs> <laughs> LeBron James can at least make a damn shot. Yes. Jesus. But this tells you how insane the market is. I, wanted to, I use LeBron James because, yes, okay, LeBron James. You all get that. But, like, for God's sake, people. Like, what am I supposed to do with that? Like, what am I supposed to do with that? Explain. Tell me what I'm supposed to do with it. I don't know. Yeah, it's true, right? Like, that's a good question. What are you supposed to do with that? Because it's like, uh, when I'm looking at it, I'm like, okay, I see what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. But what am I supposed to do with this? Because it's Lonzo Ball. Holy crimson crap. Now, let me have a little fun with this. Uh, Dave, I don't know if you know this, but Toronto Raptors won the last NBA championship that was actually played. Really? Yeah, yeah, true story. It actually happened. I heard, I heard about it. 
How long ago was that? When did they actually win the NBA championship, Dave? June of 2019. June of 2019. Okay. Okay. So June. The month of June 2019 is what you're saying. That is correct. All righty. Okay, Dave. Let me, let me play a little pop quiz with you. This is also one that I didn't give today previously. But let's have a little fun. Kawhi Leonard, I believe, was a player on that team, yes? That is correct. I believe he was a, a key piece of that championship puzzle, no? Very correct. So in July of 2019, which was after the NBA championship, you could have bought a 2012 Prism, Kawhi Leonard, rookie card, PSA 10. How much do you think that would have set you back back in the lofty days of July 2019? Oh, Less than one year ago. 50 bucks. Let's go, actually, let's go 75. Dave, this is after the championship. Okay. His second championship as a player. 175. That's closer. So $270, which is not a ridiculous amount. We're two-time finals MVP. Pretty good player, right? Correct. Going to the LA market. This is in July of 2019. This is after he's already won his second NBA finals, second NBA finals MVP. And things are looking good for Kawhi Leonard. He's heading into the offseason. He could be going to LA. He could be going anywhere. Okay. So $270 back in July of 2019, less than one year ago. Because this is July the 16th. So we're not quite at a year, but almost a year. Dave Turbo, <clears throat> today, you could have sold that card for $2,250. Oh, okay. I wish I had. These are the opportunities you guys had. You could have been buying cars. You could have been buying houses. You could have been buying a yacht. You could have bought Fight Island. I like how you saved it up for that, Carlos. It was solid. Yeah, I also backed away from the microphone to spare you all. Nice. I hope you realize like, I literally backed away like 18 inches from the microphone. I like it. I like it a lot. I also have to save my voice for that one because that, that one puts a toll. It takes a toll. But Dave, $270 after the championship. After the championship one more time after the championship if you had bought it before the championship you could have had it for 65 bucks Jeez. and sold it for 2250 boom gotta love the mark up there guys i blame myself i apologize to everyone i dropped the ball because i don't even like basketball that much i like the drama i don't really like basketball that much for 65 bucks i'd have bought that shit i'd have had a stack of them and you would have made a lot of money carlos I would have made an absolute killing. I would have owned this. It would have been amazing. But, like, it is what it is, ladies and gentlemen. And this is the reason why I spend this time and bring this all up is that right now we're in unique times. We know that. Everybody says it. It's become a, it's become a catchphrase. It's become, at this point, a cliche. But the way that people are responding to it is very strange, Dave. And this is only a reflection. It's not the answer. It's a reflection. And I feel like there's a lot of... Uh, the prevailing theory is that folks that are, can't gamble right now are looking for an opportunity to gamble on something. And what I would say is if you're out there and you're of the persuasion that you've been collecting all these years and you maybe got some of these things sitting in your boxes somewhere, it might be time to dig out the prism Kawhi Leonard. It may very well be. Yeah, because like I said, I don't know if you're an OG collector or not. Remember, I told you it was a 2012 card. And I already gave you what the current day is. But back then, Kawhi Leonard was not a touted rookie back in 2012, Dave. In 2014, so this is two years after he started playing basketball, you could have had the Kawhi Leonard card that I just referenced for you for $11.50. Yeah, the markup and, and from where they have been, like where they were to where they are now is insane. Yeah, I gave you the recent one because that's fun. That's easy. But at the same time, like uh, it, it costs $10 to grade, Dave. 
$11.50 is $1.50 over the cost of putting it in the piece of plastic. Yeah, it's it's literally it's just crazy. It is utter insanity, and uh, we don't know where we are. And it's one of those things. Like I, I'm in the same boat as a lot of other folks. I gave Dave a little story about an example where I had, uh, where I did well on a couple of cards, but not as well as I would have today. <laughs> and uh, I'm not the only one who has stories like that. And it's one of those things. I'm not bitter about it because you don't know. If if we could if we could react perfectly, we would have all bought Microsoft in 1986. We would have all bought Apple in 1990 when they were on the verge of bankruptcy, and we would build mega mansions. We'd have multiple fight islands. Yes, we would. Hindsight is a beautiful thing. It is. But we, but we are in very intriguing times. So if you're a seller, it's quite a seller's market, I must say. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely it is. So it's one of those things. I'll keep an eye on it as I slowly pivot our podcast away from the not. Like, you know, we'll talk sportish stuff, but uh, let's face it. I'd rather talk about the cards. I have more fun talking about Because for God's sake, Dave, $11.50. Yeah. Like. Jesus. If only you had bought it at that time, Carlos. If only. Hell, if only I bought Lonzo Ball when he was like 12 cents after he got traded from the Lakers. Ugh. Yeah. I don't think it was actually 12 cents, but might have been. But the point is well taken. Yeah. It's like, can we really be sure he wasn't 12 cents? <laughs> it's like what happened 12 cents yeah. uh it would have been so good 51 bucks though that's uh <laughs> 51 bucks though in in february <laughs> february this year oh. oh sorry that was february last year so yeah it would have been around the time he got traded and stuff yeah okay sure but still funny so still made me laugh absolutely all right, all right. So enough of that. I've given you all a card education. You realize you've all failed at life. You screwed up. You could have been you could have been putting your money in there. I've done what I can for you guys. I don't know what more to do. Just don't invest in Project 2020. You may never get the cards. That that one stay away from that one. I I, I wouldn't recommend that one. That's true. Yeah, run away. Well, we'll see what happens going forward. It'll be interesting. So let's move on here a little bit. Let us discuss the small matter. Patrick Mahomes has made Dr. Evil style $500 trillion. Almost. Substitute trillion for million, but still. Your thoughts? You know what? I I don't have a huge issue with this, right? Because how he's 24 right now, I believe. I think they're about, yeah. He's pretty young still, I would right? say. Right? So you're still looking. I mean, obviously, there's always a possibility of injury. There's always a possibility of a of a quick downward trajectory. Obviously, the way... And they have clauses in there for it. Well, then, I think if you're Kansas City, this is a no-brainer. Yeah, right, no. especially. I mean, if the deal works out for you that you have the clauses in there that if you get injured or whatever, then you know what? Why wouldn't you do this? He's going to be 34 by the time he's done the deal. The way that quarterbacks are going in the league, right? You've got Breeze playing at 41. You've got Brady playing at 42. Going to, I think he turns 43, either before the season or during the season. I think that's right. Yeah. Right. So then they're still performing at a at a decent level. Right. And, and, you know, you're in your sort of early thirties still, or just approaching your mid thirties, depending on how you want to rank that when he's out of this deal, I feel he's still going to be at the very least a very serviceable quarterback. Why wouldn't given he? His, given his style of quarterback, if, if he stays healthy over time at that age at 33, 34, 35, there's no reason he couldn't play another five or six years comfortably and get another, but not like to the same degree, but get another really strong contract. Yeah. Exactly. Right. You're, you're making a ton of money. You're obviously in an organ. If to agree to that money, right? sorry, to agree to that length of time, you're obviously in an organization that you feel comfortable with. You're, you're coming off a Super Bowl win. For me, this checks all the boxes. 
Yeah, I think that's fair. I think the big key for that one is that it's eye popping, and you know, it it it's comes off the page. You see, five hundred and three million dollars, ten years. It's huge. It's a big deal, and you know, keeps him in Kansas City through twenty thirty one. Again, very big deal. But at the same time, number one, it's not your money, so that's why I think it's odd. At the same time, it is a ten year extension. At the same time, also, it isn't guaranteed money, but. What happens is that you get basically there are bonuses built in. So you go, you can win 25 million. He can get by winning the MVP, getting the Super Bowl every year. That's how you get to 503 million. So it's a bunch of incentives, but it's still a huge contract. Now, the other key is uh, his guarantee is actually $140 million. Okay. So it's like, so basically, if he got injured, he would still collect $140 million. Which is to say, you know, congratulations, Patrick, you know, invite us over to the party when COVID drops off. Yeah. You know, it's going to be good times. No, for sure. Also, remember this, too, uh, just as, as a point that's, I think, interesting with this. Uh, there have been a few players, five players since 2000, who signed 10-year contracts. Not a yep. single one of those players has actually reached the end of that term. I think that's fair. Now, did any of them sign the 10-year contract in, you know, prior to their mid-20s? Uh, that is a good question. I don't know. The only one that I know by name is Michael Vick. So then that was a possibility. I'd be curious. He to signed he it. Signed Michael Vick signed in 2004. That feels like it'd be pretty early in his career. So if you give me a second, I will. Yeah, look that up. But I'm going to quickly fill in a couple of the points here. The point is that never trust the eye-popping number all the way because obviously it's an NFL contract. It's built with incentives. It's so, sorry, with... he, was two th- he was 24, potentially 25 when he signed that deal. Yeah, so close to the same age, give or take. But uh, yeah, it's very tough. Ten year, projecting 10 years down the road in the NFL is next to impossible. But at the same time, the team has a billion outs. I don't treat an NFL contract, no matter how eye-popping, as the same way that I treat... Like, let's put it this way. All the jokes I make about Mike Trout. Mike Trout signed a $350 million extension. He will get paid that $350 million. We know this. That contract's not going anywhere. And if his performance drops, they will not be able to trade him. They well, they can try to cut him. Like, there's nothing they can do. They will have to pay this man, one way or the other. And yes. NFL contract, there's a lot of things you can do. Yep, exactly. Yeah, you can get out of it in two years. You can get out of it in five. You can get out of it through year eight, whatever. You're not stuck. The reason, the reason Albert Pujols, as much as I enjoy him as a player and enjoyed his career, the reason Albert Pujols is still employed by the Angels is because they're paying him ungodly amount of money. And Albert Pujols has every incentive to show up and go, yes, I will collect my money. May I have another? Yeah, exactly. So he can stay until the contract ends or he feels like stopping, whichever comes first. Yeah. As I said, if you're Patrick Mahomes, I can't argue that this is bad, right? I think... You know, you it's quite entirely possible, if anything, that he may have left money on the table, right? If, let's say he is healthy throughout this entire term, he stays healthy, mm-hmm. the salary cap keeps going up, he may have actually, in the, in the long run, left money on the table. But you're taking more of a sure thing here. And yeah. as you said, he's only guaranteed, we say 140 million? 140 is the guarantee guarantee. Like if all else fails and everything goes wrong. Yeah. So, you know, what? I think it's a, it's a smart move. Personally, I think it's a smart move for everybody involved. Yeah, I don't think I, I don't have any issue with it. I think it's fine. And I think I think he's earned the money because he has a very bright future. He has a lot of potential and kind of uh, to our previous story. Like if, if I paid a little more close attention to the bright potential myself, I could have made myself a couple extra bucks, too. Not five hundred million dollars worth of money, but a couple extra bucks. <laughs> yeah. But anyway. Uh, you know, eh, well, you live and learn, Dave. I hope you learned a valuable lesson. I hope you're ready to cash out your 401, your, your, uh, what's it called? Your RSPs. Let's get on this. Yeah. 
Lonzo Ball futures, Dave. Lonzo Ball. Done. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, uh, but yeah, no, I think it's fine. And I think if he's able to play up to that level, also, I honestly think that he, being that he is a personable guy and people like him and all that, if he continues to play well and is able to win more championships and stuff, he'll make he'll make money on on endorsements as well. Patrick Mahomes will not be will not be uh, at the corner begging for change anytime soon. Yeah, exactly. I think he'll be just fine. Yeah. And I expect that invitation, Patrick, in the mail for the party when uh, you know social distancing has been lifted. I feel that's fair. Get ready for it. Get ready for it, Dave. It'll be you, me, Dave, DJ Khaled, just because he's always there. That's fair. I feel like that's you know a good guest list. Yeah, we'll, we'll chill with them, and uh, maybe Snoop Dogg will come by and say hi. It'll be good. Yeah, I'm down. Sounds like a plan. But we're not inviting your brother until he can determine how he broke the PS4. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Yes, yes, indeed. Anyway, so that's it. Patrick Mahomes' contract, there's not a lot to it. It's a good deal. I think, it, I think it's fine. And like I said, it's not completely guaranteed, so the team isn't stuck forever, quote-unquote. They'll be fine. And also, they're an NFL team. They make a lot of money. I don't care what they spend. It's their money. They can figure it out. All right, so we've got that down. All that leaves us with on the agenda, Dave, is my personal favorite. NBA drama. Hit me, Turnbull. All right, so I've got some NBA drama for you. What's happened is, I don't know if you've heard, what's his name? Is it Avery Bradley on the Lakers? That is right, yeah. He was the one who got replaced by J.R. Smith. Right, so (laughs) it's the drama. So the last time we saw J.R. Smith, which may not actually be the last time we saw him, but the last time we remember seeing J.R. Smith, was playing with LeBron in Cleveland when LeBron and the rest of the team were telling him, hey, we're down, we're losing, you need to shoot the ball while he's dribbling the ball in the other direction. Do you remember that? I remember the meme. I remember LeBron going like, what are you doing? With both his arms like flailing. Now, by the way, real quick thing. I understood. I remember that game. I know what you're talking about. But at the same time, like, can we just be clear on this? LeBron James... For all his talents and all his ability and all his ridiculously now expensive rookie card that we should have all bought 10 of, Dave, that, that we could have been making bank on and been on our yacht by now, Dave, for all that, LeBron James really needs to work on his mental game where he doesn't get flustered by stupidity. Yes, it was stupid that he did that. It was really dumb that he didn't know what the hell was going on during the game. <laughs> you know, minor details are in NBA, NBA Finals game. But I think that was game one, if memory serves me, when uh, when that happened, right? Yeah. And then they went to overtime, and then obviously they lost the game in terms of lost the series. But at the same time, I forgot to say, show some, uh, show some mental fortitude and be like, all right, that sucks, that's annoying, but we'll get over it. All right, fine, let's win it overtime. After being in the bubble for less than 24 hours, he posts a video on Instagram being basically saying, I got to stop uh, posting videos because my whole team's getting mad at me and people are getting mad at me for exposing too much shit. So here comes a guy who's like, you know what I mean? Like hasn't played in the league in a couple years, right? Last was seen not being very good. Isn't already known as a good defender who's coming in to replace someone who is a good defender. And less than 24 hours, people are already hating on him because he's basically exposing everything that's going on within the bubble. Jared Smith, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Like, you know, that's where we, you know, the slow clap. It, it deserves a slow clap. It does. Right. And it, it's just like, really, you know, but Carlos, there is solace to that. Would you like to know what the solace is? My body is ready. Give me the solace. All right. The NBA and Disney are allowing the players to ride some rides, Carlos. No, they're not allowed to go to the park, even though the park is opening, which is a stupid idea, but that's another story for another time. But they're allowing them to get after access, after hours access to special experiences, such as 
Animal Kingdom's Expedition Everest and Hollywood Studios Rock and Roller Coaster. They can also book several non-ride activities, including Magnolia Golf Courses and Bowling. Okay. I suspect this is what you were hoping for, and I'm going to give it to you because I am a giver. I give the people what they want. So here goes. As you may well know, Dave Trimble, I am a man who has great talents, but also is very lazy and does not utilize his talents to their full capability. I am an underachiever in life. Eventually, I may do a little bit more with that, but for now, I will say an underachiever in life. But I'm also a man who comes from a family that, when it comes down to it, we put up with some, we'll put up with some shit if we just need to deal with it because we need to get it done. Is that fair? Do you understand what I'm saying? That's fair. And I will use this week as an example because I was still doing shit. I was moving shit around my house. I was trying to fix things. I was trying to make things better. When the ambient temperature inside my house was, you know, conservatively 57 million degrees. And I may have died several times. I'm not completely convinced I didn't. I may have. But the point is, it was hotter than hell in here. And I still continued to do my shit and made it go. In order to fix my air conditioner, my dad, who's in his mid-60s, came and I turned on fans and things to try to make it more comfortable, but he sucked it up and he dealt with it. And then I got him some water and we chilled for a little bit in the air conditioner and everything, but we toughed it out. You know why? Because sometimes you got to get a job done and you tough it out. Now, do you know why I'm, why I'm leading with this as my preamble? No, I do not, Carlos. My point is the NBA players are fucking pansies. For God's sake, why do, are they children? Do, can they not deal without stimulation for 48 seconds? The entire NBA experience this year in the bubble will last a couple of months at most, maximum. If your team goes to the NBA Finals and nothing goes wrong and you win the NBA Finals, it will last a couple of months. For most of these teams, for most of these players, it's a couple of weeks. Why do you need constant stimulation when you've got the internet in 2020 for a couple of weeks? Thank you, Carlo. You know why? Thank you. Because you're a fucking pansy. <laughs> you're a team of overgrown, oversized, seven foot, six five, six six, six eight fucking pansies. This is why this is not a tough sport. This is why I will watch it for the drama, but I can't respect it because as skilled as they are, I'm like, you're all wimps. I don't care how many fucking tattoos you have. You're wusses. You just went off there, Carlos. I loved it. I gave you guys a warning. And it's like, no, I know this is what you people want and you're going to get it. Jokes aside, this is my biggest problem with NBA, with the NBA and basketball in general. I don't think they're tough. I don't respect their toughness. I'm not that impressed. There is nothing about it that is tough. That's why the Jordan documentary made me chuckle. They're like, Jordan had to get so tough. He had to gain weight so he could handle the bad boy piss. No, the bad boy pistons are pansies too. You know why? Because, oh, they did the rough stuff. Go back and watch hockey from the freaking 70s and people were murdering each other. They were probably stabbing each other with sticks and stick blades. Quite possibly, yes. Go watch football from the 1960s. There were men who were killed. I'm not completely convinced they weren't resurrected on the sidelines through voodoo magic, but they were actually murdered. Tell us how you really feel, Carlos. My point is there's a lot of sports where a lot of people had to deal with some tough shit. One of the most legendary things in the in Maple Leaf history was when Bobby Bond scored a Stanley Cup winning goal with a broken, broken freaking leg. Yeah. I bet Bobby Bond could have handled being in a hotel, hanging out with the mouse for a couple of weeks. Oh, we don't have premium TV channels? Darn! We don't have a jacuzzi spa? Damn! I want a Stanley Cup with a broken freaking leg. Yeah, no, I think that's fair, Carlos. I understand it's the modern day. I understand the athlete isn't expected to do quite that same thing, and I don't expect them to. That's the thing. But, like, come on, man. These NBA players are so soft. Like, it is so soft. 
That's why I don't get why this damn sport's so popular. I'm like, God, these guys are wimps. I can't even respect them. Like, I can't. I'll watch it. It's fine. But I'm like, that's why I don't get that excited about it. I'm like, ah, hey, you guys are wusses. Get out of my way. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is Carl Sagazor on the NBA. It is what it is. Toughen up, buttercups. Deal with it. I think they should turn off their damn TV, turn off the friggin' internet, and see what they do. Did you want to add anything more about the NBA thing? No, though? I like, think that's good. I think I, I, you know, I've pretty much added all I can to this week's podcast, I feel. We'll see, we'll see how much of that I have to cut out. <laughs> 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 ah, who am I kidding? I'm not cutting any of it out. I'll, I'll get rid of some of the pauses. But other than that, like, no, I stand by it. Like, for all the athleticism, I will respect the athleticism, but I can't respect the toughness because I haven't seen it yet. But it's also just just go into the bubble and, and don't complain do your job. about it. Because about honestly, nobody who's not in the bubble, right? Cares. Cares. Nobody cares, right? You don't want to play, don't play. I'm like, I'm not going to criticize you if you decide you don't want to play because you worry about the safety, even if it's because you don't like the way it's going to like the, the format or anything. I don't care. I'm not going to criticize you for not going, but I will criticize you if you go and you complain because you don't like your hotel room. Yes. But that's, but that's kind of my overarching point is that look, you know, for all the outlandish, you know, statements, I stand by everything I said because I mean it like this is not a hardship. There is nothing that has been described to me about this bubble situation. That is a hardship. It is a couple of weeks to a couple of months maximum. And you've also been able to be at home with your family, with your friends, blah, blah, for months, which you wouldn't normally get. Correct. You've already had plenty of time to hang out and you'll get an opportunity to hang out again. Oh, but my offseason is short. Well, then tell them I'm not showing up for game one of, of the next season for a couple of weeks. I'm sure the team will cry about it, but they'll deal with it. There are ways. Yep, exactly. There's a lot of ways you can work this out, man. Like, I promise the team, the, if, if nothing else, the NBA will bend over backwards to accommodate. So what's the problem? Yeah, exactly. Just play yeah. and, you know, play or don't, but don't complain. That's what I say. That's basically what I agree with because I'm comfortable with whatever stance they want to take, however they want to do it, if they want to do this or that or the other thing. But if they agree to play, I would like them to just go and play, put their head down, do their jobs, and finish what needs to be done. Because everybody else knows that, look, this season just needs to be done because they want to have a champion because they've gotten this far in the regular season. They would like to crown a champion and then move on to next season. Yeah, exactly. All right. So that's it for us this week. I've already uh, succeeded in uh, having some fun. I've called out an entire league and an entire sport as being soft. So that's it for us. Uh, We'll find another sport to make fun of probably next week, and we'll see how that goes. But as usual, you can check us out on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts. You can also check out an archived version of this episode and other episodes with cartoon versions of our faces. That is on the YouTube channel, Unnecessary Nonsense Podcast. That's what you can type out and find it. Usually I'll include a link in the show notes. Uh, I don't think there's any special show notes this time around, so I think it was just us babbling about a bunch of stuff. So we'll catch you on the next episode of the Unnecessary Nonsense Podcast.